Hope isn't something that you can buy. You can't produce it. It's inside you or it isn't. But when it is, it cries ever louder until satisfied. The Gray Star. For a time, after the Duendes were defeated, the world at large was relatively free of large-scale conflicts. Then came what would become known as the First War of Scars. It would last five brutal years. It began with the Yetin of Altifera. They'd been expanding westward, and nearby populations were adopting many of their cultural practices, which emphasized pastoralism, conservative attitude to new technologies, and individual freedom. They had many allies in the surrounding regions who shared values with them, but as they expanded, their resources were spread thin. Their king favored backing off from Europa, consolidating their resources until which time further expansion could be executed efficiently. His policies were opposed by his son, the prince. The prince advocated for new technologies and new social ideas, wanting his people to compete with their neighbors and continue their expansion. The prince traveled to Byzantium to learn from their shipwrights, artisans, and mages. A year later, he moved north into Aravaska to do the same. He hoped to gain experience, learn how their neighbors conducted business, and build support to bring these skilled tradesmen back home to teach those skills to his countrymen. At the end of this journey, the prince spent one last night in the city of Aravaska. It was there that an assassin's poison did its work, just after his breakfast in the town square. <laughs> Modernization would have to wait. The Yetin struck out on a path of vengeance in 312. Their target was Aravaska, but it seemed they wouldn't settle for anything less than all of Europa. The great clans of Yetin and their allies, centered in Altafira, including Yeti, Sasquatch, Ogres, Almaslar, the Bugbears, and even nomadic human populations, marched first on Aravaska. They attacked dozens of eastern European cities, leaving devastation in their wake. Many orcs and dwarves of Eastern Europa eventually sided with the Yetin, grown embittered by their treatment by many who'd falsely linked them to the Duendes invasions of the last century. Millions perished, but as the Yetin marched towards Lutetia, an accord between the remnants of Firin states, now called Europa, and the Alliance of Skanza, was eventually able to prevail when the bugbears from the steppe encountered their kin among the Europans and refused to fight further. 3,000 miles from home, an army is fighting for you. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Only the hardest blows can win against the enemy we are fighting. Invoking the spirit of our forefathers, the army asks your unthinking support to the end that the high ideals for which we stand may endure upon the earth. Many bugbears joined with Almaslar in the autumnal rebellion. They abandoned the war and eventually formed the United Yetin Conference to the east of Europa, weakening the armies of the Yetin and creating a buffer between Altafira and the west. Fighting on these fronts, and eventually surrounded, the Yetin were forced to surrender and retreat. Punitive measures were taken, impoverishing many across Altafira. The armistice that ended the war still celebrated each year in Lutetia, but many in Europa became suspicious and acted cruelly to people of other species. Yetin, including the bugbears and the Almaslar, who had helped turn the tide, along with orcs and dwarves who were punished en masse for the sins of a few, became the targets of increasing hostility. As more complex and advanced machinery developed over the following decades, so did new sources of power, along with more sophisticated communication and more dangerous weapons. 
news, and more could now travel the globe in seconds, faster even than magic had been able to accomplish, or so it was said. As the wider world found its way forward, the Red Hand, an aggressive and expansive movement from within the Altafirin Yetin, was rising. They rallied the herds of minotaurs and centaurs north of Altafira, along with certain discontented orcs and dwarves from Asia Minor, spurred by the news of poor treatment of their cousins in Europa. But most of all, the Yetin, impoverished by the measures imposed by Europa and Skanza years before. These measures had impacted not just the leaders who had taken them to war, but the common people. The Red Hand's rhetoric was justice and vengeance, but it may have been closer to the truth to say that they were afraid that their lifestyle was becoming threatened, as Europa and Skanza used technology to improve their military might and threaten the Yetin's way of life. Beginning in 438, using destructive magic previously unseen, the Red Hand went to war rather than finding another way forward. The Red Hand was more than just a name. It was a mark across the face of those who fought in the front lines. In some cases, it was ink, in others tattoo. But wherever the Red Hand existed on the faces of the soldier, they were the equal of ten others, even other yet. The Red Hand Alliance spread across the continent in massive surprise attacks. In 340, Lutezia was occupied by the Red Hand Yetin. The Yetin occupied much of southern Skanza and northern Europa, executing the leadership of both. Many brave Lutetians resisted, and the city was finally freed in 344. It took a worldwide alliance, including the members of the Neo-Babylonian Commonwealth, along with rebels from within the occupied countries, to defeat the Red Hand. Six harsh years of war with new magics and technologies brought to bear, and massive destruction to cities and infrastructure, and death on both sides. After Neo-Babylon entered and helped win the Wars of Scars, their influence grew much greater on the world stage. Their power was waxing and the Commonwealth was secure and overall stable. Neo-Babylon put its foot down hard and the world came to the table. Resources were thrown into rebuilding and continuing to modernize. States of various sizes began to solidify Land was taken from some, particularly the Altafirans, and given to others, and borders were refined and solidified. All the while, Neo-Babylon exerted a globalizing influence, with far too many local governments for my liking just happening to be pro-Babylonian in their policies. Warfare, since the end of the Wars of Scars, has been primarily a minor affair, with small-scale conflicts normally lasting only a short time. The exceptions were the Fairy Wars, which began in the next century, but whose origins were just a few decades after the Wars of Scars. We'll learn all about that in the next file, if you can find it.